Today's guest is Lamar Dixon, who happens to be a retired law enforcement detective of 10 years. Now, he and his twin brother have shared spiritually transformative experiences, and we're going to learn about them. Lamar, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. As you know, the audience loves to hear about NDEs and OBEs, so let's start with what happened with you and your brother. Okay. Well, so at first, it kind of all started with me, so I will be that central hub. Um, So... And I want to say it all started back in 2017. Um, While I was working as law enforcement, I would do these long shifts. And I've kind of gathered that they would come. The the experience started when I was sleep deprived is what I thought it was associated with until I figured out that I've had I have sleep apnea, which um, you temporarily stop breathing. Some people that I've spoken with medically, they say it's like micro deaths at some point, and you can, you know, have these instances where you don't breathe for up to 30, sometimes 60 seconds at a time. So um, I woke up one afternoon, and I want to say it was right after shift. I woke up, uh, the wife was in the kitchen, she was making breakfast. And I got up not feeling refreshed at all. I was still tired. Can't tell you why. I can't explain it. It just, my body just did not feel like it was well rested. So I ate a little bit and then I went back to, I told my wife, Hey, I'm going to go back to bed. I'm tired. So I do that. I go back to bed, watched my phone, watched a little bit of YouTube and, and I dozed off. But when I dozed off, it wasn't like you normally doze off. It instantly when I dozed off, something just happened to like jolt me, work or wake me up. But I wasn't awake in the sense like you're up, you're awake. Now I got to go back to sleep. I was stuck like a paralysis. I was stuck and I knew I was stuck. But at the same time, right when I realized that, I hear this deafening loud pitch in both of my ears. And my body begins to vibrate. What I thought was my body vibrating at a very high rate, it seemed like. Uh, If you could imagine a tuning fork, how they would vibrate and you would just see the waves. My body wasn't moving. So at this point, I had no idea what was vibrating. And I'm taking all this in. Um, And at the same time, as this is going on, it's deafening, it's deafening, it's louder. And then it it gets down to this fine tone, this fine sustained tone. I don't know. I don't. There's no. There's no chord for it. I've never heard it before. And then I hear uh, what I believe like people talking, um, in these voices. And then I hear like a transmission between what I can only think of related to is like NASA like from ground control to NASA and they're having this conversation about a module and then it kind of fuzzes out and then it goes to this lady speaking and then that kind of dies out and it goes into this weird transition of a radio signal of a broadcaster giving out the song that's coming on next. Um, And during this whole time, I'm not asleep. I'm fully in between like, well, the reality and inside of this other realm, so to speak, it's almost as if I am the frequency um, outside of my body, but still there. So I, I drift. I remember drifting off to sleep and having like this vivid dream. So I wake up from the dream and I thought to myself, I don't know if that was real or if I was dreaming. So I told my wife and we discussed it. And we kind of just like left it alone, but it had my attention throughout the whole day. That's how I knew it was something because it was real. It felt real to me just as much as this physical world feels real to me. Um, So I disregarded it and said, hey, it could have been a dream. Two, three days later, I was woken up by my brother who gave me a text. Um, He's in California at the time and I'm in Wyoming at the time. Um, And it was a late text and it happened to wake me up at two in the morning and I struggled to go back to sleep. 
And when I finally do go back to sleep, instant, the same symptoms, the ringing comes, the vibration comes. And almost as if the vibration was worse this time. It's like I was fighting it. I was fighting not wanting to cooperate with what was going on with my body or my spiritual body, um, come to find out what. Um, so um, instantly this lady's voice comes through and she's speaking. It's like I tuned into a phone conversation as if I was on my cell phone. That's how clear it is. And I thought, well, I might as well ask a question because this is how conscious I am through this experience. So I say, hey, can you hear me at all? Uh, whoever's speaking, she couldn't hear me. The conversation kept going on as if I was dropping Eve throughout their conversation. As she, and she was upset about something, just highly upset. And then it fades out of that and it goes back to another broadcast of this DJ. Well, this time, I remember the DJ's name. He's saying, hey, my name is Chad Clifford. I'm out of the South Bend area. And he's given like the next song coming up and he's given like the next radio tune he's going to play. Okay. And I'm like, Chad Clifford. Okay. I'm going to remember that name. And, that, and it goes on. Right. And I, as always, it, I find myself having a vivid, lucid dream as I just get into it and not focus on it. And I woke up. Okay, that morning, I uh, told my wife, I said, hey, it happened again. Um, only this time, I have a name. And I said, hey, I'm going to Google this guy named Chad Clifford, because he was the one that was giving the broadcast last night. I don't have radios next to my bed. My phone doesn't stay next to my bed, because I have like this weird little thing where I don't like keeping devices next to me while I sleep. Um, so I don't have anything like that. There's no radio in our room, period. So I Google Chad Clifford and bam, there he is. He's a DJ out of the South Bend. For whatever reason, he said Chicago, but he always says the South Bend. So I said, okay, that's weird. This is a thousand miles plus away from me. How would I ever know this guy's name, let alone what radio station he's 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 uh, broadcasting from. So I went further in the investigation, being the cop that I am. I looked for recordings of his voice um, to see if he had any old broadcast or playbacks that I can listen to, to even say, hey, this is this is the same voice that I've heard. And of course, I play some of his old broadcast and it's his voice. So I sit back in my chair and I am at this point I'm, I feel, I feel good because I'm not, I told myself I'm not crazy, right? I just proved to myself that there's no way of you would have known this if you had not heard this. Here's the proof right in front of you. You're not crazy because I was going to the point of going to see some mental help, maybe go see a shrink, you know, at this time in the department. They had things like PTSD for officers and you can go express yourself, go see a shrink, um, but I wasn't confident with that. I didn't know if that was going to, you know, be terms of me losing my job. You kind of, you kind of weigh a lot of things before you start blurting at the mouth that you can hear radio signals over a thousand miles away. Um, but in this case, I had proof. Um, so my wife and I, we talked about it and we just, you know, we're blown away. This like literally shifted my whole paradigm i mean it takes whatever your core belief is in reality as we know it and it just totally smashed that i mean because the way where i was at what i was feeling throughout this whole ordeal it was just baffling to me that this can like a, a human being could even have this kind of a uh, breakthrough it's almost as if um like the, the movie x-men for example i don't know why i figured this earlier Xavier puts on this helmet and he can see all these people having all these conversations throughout the world. It felt like that's what I had. I had a bunch of conversations, but it worked on its own. It seemed like it would single in onto the conversation without my control and just drop Eve on it. So I thought to myself, if Chad Clifford is real, 
then what if the NASA broadcast, this lady that I was dropping Eve on, what if all that was real? There was nothing telling me that it wasn't, especially if I just found out evidence that Chad Clifford has his own broadcasting station. So my mind is, is just running in circles. So I said, okay, fine. My wife knows the only person that I really have to tell now is my twin brother. So I call him up and I say, hey, I'm going to tell you something, but I need you to keep an open mind. Um, what's happening to me is not easy for me to say. It's not easy sometimes for me to even digest. Um, but you got to hear me out. And he was like, yeah, go, go for it. So I told him everything that had happened. And he came up with the conclusion of, have you ever heard of an OBE before? And I was like, an OBE, what is that? He was like, yeah, I mean, I just ran across YouTube and it was like an outer body experience. He said, it sounds like that's what you might have had. Um, so we Google it. We get into the rabbit hole of that. And only some of the things were consistent. Um, I read a lot about other OBEers having the high vibration or the ringing in the ears, but nothing as of feeling like you're part of a frequency or in and out of reality as far as as far as that. I didn't at that time experience the soul leaving the body. It, I was still in like, I wanna say a pre-stage or like something had me at the level of first digest this before we take you to the next step. So my brother was like that, that I think that's what you had. You may have not had the full version of it, but you, you're having symptoms of it. So two weeks passed, um, nothing's happened, right? Um, I get this phone call from my brother. It's early in the morning. And he says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, well, what? He says, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something you just told me. I had the same exact experience that you had. Only mine was different. Um, and he and he goes to tell me, he says, I understand what you were saying now about the ringing of the ears, the vibration, because um, he had the same thing. He woke up in the middle of the night and he said it was all so quiet and he's struggling to go back to sleep, watching YouTube. And he said he finally started to doze off. And right when he did, he said he heard this um, ringing, sort of like mine, but it was more so in waves. And then he said the vibration was from his head to toe. And I said, yep, go on. You're, you're starting to beat down my door. And then he said he kind of, he was scared for a moment. He didn't know how to perceive it. The only understanding that he had was my story that he could relate with. And so he struggled with letting go. Um, and he fought to the point where he said he just lost control. And the, re the vibration was so strong, it literally forced him to let go of control. Well, he said that the, the sound that he heard was modulated. It was like a frequency synthesizer-esque sort of a noise. And in the background of that, he said there was like a mixture between brown noise and some lady speaking. She was saying along the lines of testing, testing, testing. She said it three times. He was specific about her saying it three times. Um, and he recalled this bright, super bright light that he could not look at. Um, so he had to keep his eyes closed. But he could gauge where her voice was. He What he thought was this room where he ended up uh, placed. He felt like it was this like hospital setting or this room where he was at. And this lady was giving out these testing cues like to do a sound check. And he could gauge with his eyes closed because the, the light was so bright. He could gauge that she was to his right side. Um, and then he said he began to panic a little bit. Um, fully aware and that she picked up on it and that she said, uh, calm down. Um, you're, you're not supposed to be here yet that your life is going the way it intended for you to go. You're still on track to have, um, a good life. 
but you're not supposed to be here yet. Don't worry, we're going to send you back. And he said it was at that moment where he felt like her hand um, pushed his chest down into this bed or gurney, whatever he was on is what he felt like. And it pushed down into his chest. And that's when he woke up and he said, what was that? He, he expressed to me that he looked around the room to see why he was still here. Like he said, the, where he was, it felt like it was the real reality. And when he woke up, it still felt like the dream state. So meaning we had, we both had the same, the same kind of concept that where we were, it was much more real than what we perceive as the physical life here. Um, so when he came through, um, he spoke to his wife and he explained everything to her. And they had this long conversation. It's like, well, what do you think that means? You had no kind of episode or you you experienced nothing of the sort until your brother told you. So so what what did that open up for you? Um, and we both kind of digest that. We sit together. We still don't know what could have sparked it. The only thing as kids, um, we're about, I don't know, 13, in between 10 or 13 years old, we, we both shared the same exact dream as kids. What I mean by we both shared the same dream is that we had the same exact dream on the same exact night. Now, we've done some studying on twins, and we know we were both one cell. We, we both know that we've divided and stayed in, you know, that kind of um, 69 position of your mother's womb for however long. So there are certain things that we feed off each other that it's an inseparable bond. Um, so we kind of believe that, yeah, it's only right that his consciousness and my consciousness share this, this, this uh, spiritual um um, coexistence together. Um, so in the dream that we shared then, it was so vivid. It was so real. It was, it was the dream was our, our older half brother who had passed away in the park. Thank God that dream wasn't, wasn't true. Um, but it was shared and we still have no explanation for it. So that was the only thing that drew, um, some sort of relevance from our past, but as far as why it's happening now, um, we just, we just don't know. We just, and I don't even know how it, it, this even came to be like, I don't, I've, I've never suffered any brain injuries. I've never done any hard drugs, only what a teenager would do, like your mushrooms and smoke a little pot. Um, just like any other average kid. Right. Um, so, but with that said, um, fast forward, he still goes through more experiences than I do. But the only thing that changed for me is when I had my breakthrough. And I want to say that was um, three months ago. So I mentioned the sleep apnea. Um, and this is the, the case where I know I died. Okay, 100%, no doubt about it. Um, I can't tell you how long I was gone. That to me is still unclear because the time of it was so profound. Like it just time, time was, um, even saying time doesn't even add up to what I'm, what I'm, what I experienced. So I go to bed and I remember falling asleep. But when I'm asleep during my dream, the dream just stops and I pop out of my body. And I go, oh, crap. Instantly, I go, oh, crap, I'm dead. Right when I had that realization, it's, it's okay. It's almost as if, um, how do you explain it? Um, my eye, Your eyes are closed when you're dreaming, but I want to say they're like your spiritual eyes that are open 
Um, I'm outside of my body and I instantly know it. And I instantly know that I'm dead. And I instantly have this memory of familiarity, like I've been here before. And not only have I been there before, but it seemed like that I, I just left to go into like this earth realm, this earth uh, physical experience. So I remember instantly where I came from, if that makes sense. Um, and I look down, I look down and I see just a multitude of stars. I have, I have a body, I have a spiritual body because I remember having a body. Um, not so much as, you know, my hands are here, my feet are there. And it was almost as if I could see myself, not 360, but more so third person. So if you're playing a video game and you're playing like a third person video game, which is you can see the character, that's how I could kind of perceive things around me. That's how I can perceive my aura of how big I really was. Um, I could see the stars though, vividly, uh, galaxies, stars. And I am in awe. I don't. Ha I didn't have any ties to like, I, but so there were no worries about my wife, my kids, my brother, any family members or friends back on Earth. Okay, I was so in tune to what was happening to me in space that none of that even hold held a flame to what my consciousness was focused on. And as I'm looking down. Um, through all the stars around me and I'm looking around and I'm taking it all in. I'm telling myself, Lamar, take it all in. I see this tube, this uh, clear like gas pipe, not gas pipe, but this clear tube. And it has like this vapor of like rushing clouds that's going through it. Very hard to explain. I don't, it, it it's, it's very hard to explain, but I could see it stretch from the universe all the way to the other end of the universe. And right as I noticed the tube, instantly I was in it. And as I'm in it, I'm traveling at a very high rate of speed. And I thought to myself, oh, this is the tunnel that people must see when they're, when they're dying and when they're going to, um, when they're going to heaven. This is the only thing I can relate it to because I'm not religious, but I do feel like this was appeasing me. It was appeasing me to my particular beliefs to make me comfortable. It, it, it all felt like it was designed to keep me comfortable. So as I'm going through this tunnel, it's warm. It feels good. There's no stress, loving. It just... I was at home. I was like, yes, this finally, I finally have the monkey off my back. I, no more worries, no more concerns. And I'm taking this all in through the tunnel at this time, which seems like forever. And I'm watching like all the stars go by and I'm really focusing on everything. And we're going down and around. And it, I start to caress this, um, I start to caress this, oh, you know how you would go down a roller coaster and you would come up and you would like caress the, right? You, you come right to the precipice of the downhill or whatever. But in space, there's, you can't tell. Um, it's like this weird horizon that you're cresting over. And as I'm cresting over in the tunnel, I'm going down and I see this big globular, I want to call it a planet, I want to call it a star, but it was like a golden turquoise-esque, pinkish, colors that I never knew existed. Um, colors that I could sit and watch forever and just be fascinated by that alone forever. That's how new and fresh it was. And I'm going to it. And I know I'm getting closer because my body is really starting to turn into like 
I say my body, but my spiritual essence is starting to feel like it was breaking up into particles. Like I was going in to be absorbed by this, by this planet, this light. And just as I was getting ready to give myself to it is what it felt like. That's when I felt this big godly hand stop me in mid stride. If you can imagine going faster than the speed of light and then having a hand come out and stop you, it didn't have to say anything. It didn't have to say it's not your time. It didn't have to say who I was, where I came from. That hand, when it stopped me, it instantly put all that in me. Not even a word. It, um, more so of a feeling. Um, you know, how we communicate here is all based on words and what you're telling me. And I'm listening to you auditory. This is based on, if if you can imagine someone communicating with you by just a simple touch and download, downloading so much information into you without saying a word, that's what that felt like. It didn't have to say anything. I knew instantly, it's not my time. I can't go there yet. I felt if I crossed that, if I if I went into that globular mass, that that star or that gateway or whatever, there was no return. There was no coming back. I knew that. And it instantly shoved me back. I go back to the tube, which seemed like faster than what it took, however long it took to get there. Double that going back, if that's possible, right? Um and then, bam, I'm back in my body. I shoot straight up, taking the deepest, most vigorating life force of a breath that one could ever take in their life. I took it. I took such a deep breath that I thought I was going to have to breathe again just to keep up with the breath that I took. And right at that moment, my wife walks in the door and she looks at me and I have this ghostly figure, figure-ish, palish color on my face. Hard to imagine with my skin complexity how pale I could be. But she was like, you are pale. Did you have another one of your episodes? She instantly knew. Um, profuse sweating, like diaphoretic, like nobody's business. The bed was soaking wet. And I instantly told her, I said, I said, babe, I died. I just want to know how long I was going. Um, and she was like, I don't know. I'm, what do you what, like? What do you mean? I just checked in on you 10 minutes ago. And I said, there's, there's no way, there's no way you can tell me that that just took 10 minutes or from whenever the experience happened, which I still don't know. Um, and she said, Literally, I just checked in on you in 10 minutes, but I didn't know you were not breathing. I didn't see that part. Um, and I was just perplexed by it. I still shake from it, the experience, because it's it was so traumatic. And then when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking back on it, when I'm telling you that the physical life feels like a dream. As you and I have this conversation, I would tell you, I don't want to say it was meaningless, like this experience is meaningless, but I really felt like we're just actors acting out like this portrayed life, how we see ourselves. Where I was at, it was a hundred times real. The tube that I was in, the feeling that I was in, the consciousness that I was feeling was so familiar it was so keen it was so the smell was so real that often i feel like that i'm still dreaming when i came when i'm still living my physical life i feel like i'm still dreaming like the colors here are so pastel they're so plain like etching sketch no life to them you take any beautiful sunrise or picture and it has no life to it, only because I know, because I've seen what real color looks like. Like, I've seen what real life looks like. And this is just a super condensed, dumbed-down version of it. Um, and so 
I went and so after the after the experience, I woke up and all of that. I got myself together, and that's when you know we go down to the dentist, and they have they put you on this bracelet now, it's like a pulse ox, and um, for sleep apnea. And they, I, I said to myself, I have to go get this checked out. Something was telling me you need to go get this checked out. Don't wait. Um, after the experience, what I felt. So we do that. And then, so now I'm going to go get the pulse ox and get it test, get it strapped on and get my, get my pulse ox and get my um, oxygen levels really dialed in. So that's going to be interesting. But as of right now, I still have the sleep apnea because I can't get the device yet because I have braces um, and I have to wait till the braces come out and, and so they can fit the mouthpiece for me. I'm not as, as bad where I need a CPAP machine, but I do have to have uh, a mouthpiece, but I have to wait until my braces come off next month. Um, in the meantime, I still have these experiences. It's ongoing. Um, I haven't had it since my NDE, but I know I'm not rid of it. Because I know when I'm sleep deprived, I still get the ringing in my ear. I still get the vibrations. Only thing is now I can kind of say, hey, wake up out of it. Don't go there yet. I kind of get this feeling if I let myself completely go, I'll go and I won't come back. And that's my only fear about it. But if you ask my brother, he doesn't like it. You know, me, I've, I've, I've come to grips with it and I've, I've, I can manage it. But for my brother, it's an experience that he doesn't like it. It's just because it's for him, it's out of his norm. He he doesn't like the way it makes him feel when he gets the ear ringing, the vibration and more so where he's going to end up next. Um, he has plenty of stories that he could tell better. Um, but that was just one of his that I told. And he's had some places where he's fallen through some stuff where he didn't like it, you know. But I think it's all based off what one's fears are. So if you go into it with fear, I do think that it'll feed it'll feed off of that. But at the same time, you can you can you can control it um, if you find something else brighter to uh engage with it um it doesn't matter about religion i can tell you that that was a good sense of it where i was at it was catering and i felt that i felt that it doesn't matter who you are it's going it it was being translated to me that it's catering to me it found whatever it was or i was and it it makes you relax. It makes you accepting and it controls your fear. Like it's rid of your fear and it caters to you. It, it caters like to your belief, if that makes sense. Um, didn't hear God, didn't hear, didn't see Jesus, didn't see any family members, but I could tell you that it was all, um, it was all familiar, like a hundred percent. Oh, I get it. That's where we came from kind of aspect to it. And then, so that was it in a nutshell. That was, that's where it started. That's where it's led to the current. All right. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with me. Now, mm -hmm. your brother didn't have that experience until you shared yours with him. And then he had one that was pretty similar to yours. Out of any of your other experiences afterwards, did he share that with you or say, you know, you said I did this and then he shared it with you or vice versa? Did you happen to share any of his experiences simultaneously? So when it comes to if we had something together, no. Only thing that we ever had together before this was that dream we had as kids. Mm -hmm. And that was simultaneously. It was the same night. Mm -hmm. woke up at the same time what he is going through is the same i i guess the, the shared more shared po portion would be how i translated or or, or gave it off to him or mm -hmm. sparked whatever kind of 
um, hidden consciousness that was asleep mm-hmm. had now been awoken. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. So, but he's, he's got some, he's got some great stories on, on, or great experiences on his part um, that he, he, he tells, uh, you know, more vividly than I could. Is he identical? And even if he is or is not, does he also suffer from sleep apnea? <laughs> That's a good question. He, we are identical. I'm two minutes older. It's by cesarean birth. They just pulled me out two minutes. Our birthday is on Valentine's Day, which is weird, right? Mm. Um, he does suffer from sleep apnea. Mm. Um, but he refuses to go get any kind of a appliance. And mm. he just says, oh, I'll just roll over, man. I'm not to that point yet. Um, but you never know. He could change his mind and go down that road where... where um, he might want to go get a device and stuff like that, but he does suffer from sleep apnea. We both snore loud and the tongue just relaxes right over. So you can't sleep on your back and all that other stuff. But we both come to the conclusion that it is definitely apneic and sleep deprivation. Right. Is what, is what, is what starts it. Right. I noticed that you guys both like to watch YouTube before you go to bed or you're on your phones, but I do think you said right. you, you kind of put it away, but is it possible you fell asleep with videos playing in the background? Right. Logical. But no, I always turn my phone off. And once the phone is off, it doesn't do the play, the continue to play when your phone is off. Right. And then I, I, I literally get up and I place it on a dresser. I'm glad then, because I wanted to kind of rule that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm glad and to so, know that and, we can rule that out, that that's not the cause. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I thought about that too. You know, I went to the extremes to rule it out mm-hmm. because my skeptic mind or my um, officer mind has to find, you know, every little detail as it what could have been this, could it have mm-hmm. been that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still doesn't explain the feeling, the vibration, the ringing in the ears, mm-hmm. it still couldn't answer for where I was consciously, where I was in between these experiences. It still couldn't explain how I passed it to my brother and now he's had it mm-hmm. out of the blue. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to explain. I find it amazing that you picked up a DJ, but then you picked up this woman doing something else too. I think you said NASA or some kind of command module or something. So right, somehow you right. were just so, kind of tapping into some kind of frequency. And, and that's and that's what um, we talked about, right? Because I felt like I was that frequency. So when I was in this plane, I could pick up on all these conversations. I couldn't see anything. Couldn't tell you what these people looked like. But it was as if I was the frequency. Like I can just go and tune in to anybody's conversation. And it was literally the ground talking to NASA and you can hear the beeping in the background. And they were talking about this module that they were having problems with. Um, I can't give you word for word verbatim, but it was something like control. We have a problem with this something, something on the module. Mm. And then it would kind of like change the knob on your FM set, white noise to this lady. Um, and in the midst of a conversation, she seemed very distraught and she would go on and I would just be like, why, why am I listening to this lady's random conversation? Mm-hmm. And at that second time of the experience, I was like, well, I might as well ask a question. Who knows if she can't hear me or not? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of rationale was going through my mind. It was still always co- coherent mm-hmm. to, to enough to say, hey, ask her a question, which, you know, the person couldn't hear me at least like sending a conscious question which like is weird to even say but mm-hmm. she couldn't hear me mm-hmm. but i could hear her just fine right so i've been doing these podcasts for a long time now and i read a lot of the questions and i'm sure there's going to be comments in this podcast that say oh he was just having sleep apnea so i'm feel pretty certain that you probably looked it up and I don't know the answer to this question, but do you know what the symptoms of sleep apnea are? Yeah. So with sleep apnea, there are moments at time at night where, um, you, you stop breathing. Um, 
my tongue blocks my airway so I don't get adequate air. Mm -hmm. I have to remember or get woken up to shift my body to my side where I can get oxygen. But from time to time, I fall asleep on my back and that's what happens. And you could not breathe for up to 30 seconds, up to 60 seconds. You know, I don't have the real times of someone's max time for sleep apnea, but those are the periods of times where you literally stop breathing. Mm -hmm. um, and I had one physician tell me that you can kind of think of them as like little micro deaths um, until someone wakes you up. Your body is deprived of oxygen. So mm -hmm. take that as what you will, which is why some people have it worse than others where they wake up sweating profusely mm -hmm. um, and they have to get a machine that forces air in, into their lungs or you can get away with it with a certain mouthpiece that, that they designed to put in your mouth and you sleep with that. Um, but cardiac has, I mean, apnea has a long way or array of uh, side effects, death, heart attack, um, fatigue, you know, it just builds up to more and more complications. If you stop breathing, I can definitely see a reason for somebody to have an NDE experience. Correct. 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 You know, it's interesting is in the beginning, when you first were talking about the lady and the guy and then your brother, I, my mind kind of drifted is like, okay, have these guys ever been like abducted by aliens before? On the right. initial ones, have you had anybody in your family ever had any kind of experiences like that? Um, I can tell you that back in California, when I was a deputy there, um, I got this call out to uh, another case where I got called out to Edwards Air Force Base just along the outskirts um, of this residence. And I was called out to their home because they reported of there was some sort of craft hanging out above their house. Um, so I took that report and the descriptions that they gave me at that time throughout my career was for me, because I wasn't like consciously awoke at that or awakened at that time, I just dismissed it off as, you know, it could have been a plane, a rocket, whatever Edwards Air Force Base was testing at the time. That was the only thing that I've came into contact with um, as far as UFOs. However, my brother and I did see something in the night sky in the desert of California that kind of challenged our beliefs. Um, but other as far as like being contacted by UFOs or maybe uh, a hidden agenda as far as like being abducted and me not knowing or my brother not knowing, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Is it could it be a possibility? Sure it could. Mm -hmm. um, but that's about it as far as that. Yeah, it's just interesting that how you telling your brother about it just sparked it in him and then he started having the situation happen. That's and see, and so that's like, that's the big uh, paradigm shift right there, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one that challenges all your beliefs, right? Coming from, a, you know, I would consider myself just a normal person. You go to work, you experience your life. This is your life. It's reality. You pay bills. You raise your kids. Mm -hmm. It's only until the Mack truck comes and smacks you dead in the face and stops everything. Now you have to really look at it. You know, there's no diverting your eyes away from this, right? Until it happens to you or until you find, I don't know, an outlet to express it or, or, or anything of that nature, you're really not going to understand mm -hmm. and see. So that's the whole point of me telling my brother and I's story. It took a long time for me to even build up the mustard to even tell this story, number one. I wasn't even going to think about letting this out working as a police officer, right? Because that can ruin anyone's <laughs> career, you know? So you can't go around telling your partner, hey, man, you know, this happened to me. And I heard NASA and some dudes broadcast over a thousand miles away in, the, in a different state. You know, how how was your day? Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't, you don't share that. And you don't definitely feel comfortable enough just bringing it up with like a friend sometimes. Um because it's hard, you know, you, you, you think that this life is all that there is not to say that I was that person. I was always some form of spiritual person that I know that there's something waiting for us on the other side, 
but I never planned on getting hard evidence like, okay, well, look at this. And after you look at it, you can't, it, it consumes your whole reality. There's no shaking this ever for me. Mm. I, I'm going to have this until the moment I transition and go back to where I was, you know, it's, it's going to stay with me. It, it's so real. In fact, that it sticks with you that you kind of get this sense of don't waste your time here and, you know, kind of enjoy the physical life, you know, don't stress out on all the world's stressors because you're missing the point. We're all missing the point. You know, I definitely feel like this is a physical experience. Like we're supposed to feel like the stress, the getting up, brushing your teeth, the, I don't know what the day is going to bring, the bad days, the good days. At the same time, I kind of want to say, hold on to those feelings as bad as they may be, because you may not be able to re-experience them again. You know, maybe this is the whole point. Maybe you want to, you know, without a bad day, how would you ever know what a good day was? So they go hand in hand, take it, take it as what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? Something bad happens to you, you take it, you get over it, and you go back to living life. Um, and this didn't change me. This didn't put me back into as a, oh, I'm an old godly person now, and I love the, you know, I don't want to kill anything. I'm, I'm still me, which is the more important part. I've always felt like I've been a good person. I've tried to help as many people as I honestly could. You know, I love everyone, which is, I think, is in human nature itself. Um, and I just stayed true to who I am. And I still, I'm still not that spiritual person. Not, not, I'm not that religious person. Mm -hmm. I'm still the spiritual person that I've always believed in, you know? Um, and it, where I, where I was at, that was okay. Mm -hmm. That was enough. I hear you saying that it didn't change you, but I still believe there's certain ways that this did change you. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, yeah, yeah, you're correct. As far as being (laughs) woken up to this whole different reality of what we thought was reality, it's changed. But as far as, you know, so, so when I was there, I can tell you, I was still me. I could probably still be me, like tell you a joke. We could still have the same conversation as far as being me. I was still me. It's not like you transition and to the other side and you just become this saint and you just drop all your personality, your core essence of you back on earth. For me, that was not the case. I'm not going to say it was the case for everyone, but for me particularly, that's not the case. I was still me, mm-hmm. which was a great thing, right? Cause I still, I, I was still, you know, I still had my own beliefs and my own thoughts, except this time it was just bigger consciousness was just bigger. I didn't hold on to any of the irrelevant stuff. Some of your experiences kind of remind me of the matrix. Do you feel like that's real for you? I can tell you that I'm glad you brought that up. It felt like, yeah. So when they plug back into the, um, I forget which part was the matrix was the, the living part. The, yeah, the, the white, the, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and they would go back in the city with all the millions of people. That's the matrix. So, and that's what I can tell you what it's like. I can tell you 100% that's what it was like for me. When someone finally unplugs Jeff, right, after all this time doing all your podcasts and it's time to go home and you've been unplugged, you're going to be like, oh, man, I should have done more when I was there. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that it was just a role. It was just... It was just, it was, I don't want to say fake, but it was just, it was just a, a, a role better, better for you. You know how, if you're playing a video game, mm-hmm. you're playing the video game and only thing your mind is wrapped into is the video game. You're not wrapped into the joystick. You're not wrapped into it's a TV. You're playing a video game or whatever's around you. Mm-hmm. You're concentrating on the fictitious person that you're playing. Right. It's only until that fictitious person dies or your game cuts off that you go. Oh, yeah, that was just a game. Mm -hmm. So the physical experience is like that. It was like I'm so concentrated in this physical experience. 
I forgot that just not uh, but a, a peek behind a veil behind this door right here is the true home. I'm just locked into this video game right now. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. Now, you mentioned that you forgot about your wife, your family, your job. I mean, did you even forget about who even Lamar Dixon is and this whole lifetime? And that was just a memory, something gone, and now you're in your real reality? Yeah. So for, I'll, I'll tell you like this. It was so profound where I was at, thinking about earth and and the family and stuff like that that wouldn't hold a candle to it it doesn't say that i didn't love my family or didn't want to remember but i was so captivated by what i was experiencing what i was seeing it just took over the attention of that Mm -hmm. that's how that's how real and profound it is Mm -hmm. um jeff they could have been right here next to me and i guarantee you if we were all having the same experience they would have been locked into their own little um deal too like Uh it just it instantly cuts that relationship between earth and where you are now off now if i had stayed longer and digressed a little bit more i'm sure i would have been like oh what about my family you know but at the moment of how long i was there it was that was not that was not a priority for me at least the priority was like okay, this is real. The colors are strange. I'm in this glass tube going to this star-like planet. You can see how that can take precedence over whatever it, uh, other thoughts that you've had on the physical side. It, that's how profound and how demanding it was. It demanded your attention. Mm-hmm. You weren't just going to go there and be like, well, I wonder what the weather was like in California or mm-hmm. no, 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 no. This was, it was made for it took all that away so yeah i love my family i I can't tell you why i did not think about them but it was just that captivating for me was there any fear like uh oh what's going on Uh oh i'm not coming back at all or not at all none none it was so it was it was like fun at one point i was having fun Mm -hmm. going through the tunnel no Mm -hmm. fear comfort there was this presence, though. I can't tell you if it was, you know, it could have been a godly presence, but there was this presence that just capsulated you. And it just, you felt comfortable. It was, it was like walking in your home. You know your home, right? You're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I felt. I felt no, like, no ill will, no negative thoughts. It was all peaceful, tranquility, loving, comfort warm the sensation of the warmth was just more overwhelming very very warm and just like nice just relax i'm home as i'm going to go up over that horizon to that globular cluster that light um that door or whatever that's when it started to intensify like i was being particled out like i was starting to dissolve and merge with it if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I was going to become part of that granular thing, that all amazing thing. And then poop, stop, not yet. And that's when head back the other way. Now that you've had time to process all this, has it changed the way that you interact in society in general? (laughs) So I find myself in grocery stores, right? I don't know why it's grocery stores, but I look at, I look at humans. My, and I, I speak like this, like, like, like I'm not from earth. Right. But I look at my fellow humans and I just, I see them all head down shopping phones. And it's like, they're in the matrix. And I just want to clap my hands and say, wake up, you know, like you're, you're forgetting why you're here. And I always find myself telling them how much I love them for whatever reason. Like, I love everybody. I love you all. And I just wish I could just project some sort of light to remind people that we're all connected. Like, we're, we're, we're like, literally, we're one of the same atom within the same little thing. But everyone is asleep, and I'm the only one that's awake. 
like I got a peek of what's waiting for us. So try being that guy that's in a simulation where everybody else is asleep and you're just like, oh, this is so sad. Like it's it's really heartbreaking to see that everyone has lost their way. Not everyone. There's those of us that experienced the other side. Um, but it's so sad to see that people have given up and they look defeated and they've lost their way and they're occupied with these objects and things and they're just we're 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 losing the whole experience. Hmm. So yeah, it it changed me definitely as far as that. Has this experience changed your opinion on death? And what I mean by that is now do you not fear it? But see, and that's the thing. There is no death. Right. You know what I mean? Again, that's a human concept, right? That's something they taught you, I don't know, because they have no understanding of it here. We, I, I, I got to stop separating myself from mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no understanding of it. I, I will tell you, the other side is so quick. If, if, if let's just say we're having this conversation and your body instantly, your physical body instantly, boom, it's gone. You'll still be sitting there not even knowing what happened, but you would just say, oh man, I feel better. Oh, my body is gone. That's how quick your death process is. Mm-hmm. It's not even a process. It's literally right there. The only thing that's dead is the biological or the you know the physical body. Mm-hmm. You, however, you and I, Jeff, having this conversation are using these puppets, these meat sacks to you know, verbally communicate. Like death is so quick. It's faster than the blink of an eye. Like it's right there. I can't even, you can't even say that it's death. It's right there. We're here. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, there is no death. So there's nothing to be afraid of. However, before my experience, I would have told you, I probably had some fears of dying because I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know that there was me like inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a good practice is what I do at night is I, I'll lay in bed and I'll close my eyes. And I say, with my eyes closed, well, if my eyes are closed, I still exist. I'm still me. If I plug my ears and close my eyes, the thought in my head is me. I'm still here. Even with my eyes closed, I can't see my surroundings, but my existence is still here. You ever, you ever have those dreams where you can smell or look in your dream of a lucid dream? You can see color in your dream. You're, you're technically your eyes are closed and you're, they say your brain is relapsing all that. But at some point, I feel like those are past lives we've lived or possibly are going to live because there's no boundary in the dream state. Um, I feel that's all part of OBEs as well, too. Hmm. You may not have control, but are you available for people? And if so, do you have like an email address or a Facebook page or something? Yeah. So I'm not currently on social media, but I do have an email where people can reach out um, if they need questions, um, answer if they have questions. Um, And that email is going to be um, M-O-Z-R Dixon at Gmail. Um, and phonetically, the copy of me is going to give you it phonetically so you get the spelling correct. It's Mary Ocean Zebra Robert Dixon, D-I-X-O-N at gmail.com. And um, I'm usually good with getting back with people, especially mm-hmm. the people I've, I've already told who contact me. This is going out to the audience here. I'm thinking about getting his twin brother on and having his story. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. So for all of you... Listeners and viewers, if you want me to get his twin brothers on, leave a comment. And if everybody's excited about it, maybe we can get Lamont on and and, uh, have a follow-up. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I think it'll be definitely cool. All right. Well, before we finish it up here, do you have one last message to leave with everybody? Um, I would say don't take life serious. Whenever you're having a bad day, whenever something negative happens to you, even the positive, love that experience. There's some people that passed early or 
could not experience that. There's someone always in a worse position that can't have those feelings. Love them. Love them and just make them for the better. It's temporary here. If I can express that alone, every day is a blessing. And if you don't do what you love, ultimately, you're just, you're missing out on your own life. Uh, don't get influenced by the, how you think you're, how people think that you're supposed to live your life. That is ultimately your own, you know, that's your own world. You live your own life and just do it. Don't be scared, right? Do it. Fear is a great blocker. You overcome fear, you'll live your freest life ever. So I would just say do that and love everybody. We're all connected. All, every last one of us. If you take away the color, what do you have? You just have humans. That's it. We all share the same earth. And, and that's just it. We just, sometimes we forget our way. Yeah, that's a great message. Thank you, Lamar. And thank you so much for giving me some of your time. I really appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you and have a great evening. You too. All right. Bye-bye, Lamar. See ya. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.